Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer. So if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Girl in True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven. And tonight, it's going to be a little bit short of a case. And we are going to be talking about who I said the past couple weeks. We're going to be talking about Jessica Easterly during. And I don't think there's a lot of business. I was going to upload yesterday, but um, time just slipped away and I didn't get home till late. So I'm going to upload tonight and then tomorrow I'm going to upload an episode as well. I've been busy planning my son's sixth birthday, which is Saturday. And he turns six years old Monday, but we're going to do his party Saturday. And I think, I think that's all that we have to talk about. So we're going to hop right into the case. All right. Um, if you hear thunder, I apologize. We are going through a thunderstorm, which are my favorite storms. The thunder, the lightning, you know, them big crackles like that. Something like that. Don't sound like that. Um, I just saw lightning come through my living room window. So that's, that's my favorite. If I had a porch, I'd be sitting there right now listening to it while I record to you guys. All right. So let's hop on it on to the case so jessica was born on august 17th in 1976 in the um in the hospital biloxi hospital i believe that's pronounced attended by her grandfather the late dr clay easterly her parents are donna schmidt and lloyd easterly um her stepmom did remarry a man named Rick, so hence why her mom has a different last name. Her sisters are Audra Schmidt and Amanda. She had a nephew and three nieces who I won't name. Jessica was also surrounded by many aunts, uncles, and cousins and countless friends. Her teen years were spent living in Ocean Springs where she graduated from Ocean Springs High School in 1994. She would later receive her undergraduate high, undergraduate degree from the University of South Alabama with that focused on subjects audiology and speech pathology. While Jessica was Christian and confirmed in the Catholic faith, She also spent most of her life studying various religions in an effort to grow in the knowledge of theology, various faiths, 
and faith practices from cultures all around the world. Jessica was also a devoted mother to her stepdaughter, Gracie. To Jessica, life pivoted on Gracie's well-being. If you just heard a loud buzzer, that was my dryer. <laughs> um, and it was also very important to Jessica that her stepdaughter, Gracie, actually was to be... She wanted her to be enrolled into a Catholic school. Um, Jessica's life interests... Um, a lot of her life interests were great, but her greatest one was the insatiable desire for reading. For Jessica, life would be explored through the avenues of tight pages long before high heels and lipstick. Her inert talent was for fashion and design. Friends often... Friends often commented that a makeover by Jessica would become a perfect makeover, making a girl's night out memorable and special. Jessica also loved family traditions, the holidays, and the Christmas song Santa Baby, sung by the late Mar Marilyn Monroe, her favorite, favorite actress of this era. I'm um, not era, of this era are just a few of the many memories of Jessica. Her quick wit, unforgettable laughter, and beautiful smile will always be remembered. On August 12th, 2019, so this is a more recent case that we've done, Jessica, who was 43 years old, ended up calling her best friend Maria Creel from her cell phone in North. New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana. However, Jessica could not reach Maria on the first try, so she frantically called until Maria answered the phone. Jessica had asked Maria to drive from her Alabama home to come pick her up because she was afraid to go home to her husband and stepdaughter. Jessica didn't go into details with Maria Maria, so she actually never found out why she was afraid to go home. Um, I lost my place. Hold on. Oh, um, I did read somewhere that Maria wasn't actually able to go pick her up that day because it was like a couple hours away and she did have kids who were in school and she did need to go pick them up. But they did make arrangements for her to come get Jessica the next day. And, you know, Maria said something along the lines, you know, if I come, you're getting in the car with me. You know, we're not we're not second guessing this. I'm not going to drive down um, from my place to your place. And I get there, you know, and you don't want to come with me. So this has to be a done deal. So Maria actually waited to hear back from Jessica to confirm the pickup time. However, after after um, she didn't hear anything, it basically remained quiet for like two days, which did make Maria very nervous. Maria thought that Jessica's husband, Justin, actually had taken her phone. I believe I read this in an article as well because he would just like take her phone 
and everything. So, very weird, right? But, on August 14th, 2019, at 9pm, Maria actually received a message from Jason's, Jessica's Facebook account. Which, great news, right? No, guys, it's not. It wasn't actually Jessica. It was her husband, Justin. Who was messaging Maria through Je- through Jessica's Facebook. Which, why couldn't you just message her on your own Facebook? Anyway. Um, Justin wanted to know if Jessica was with Maria. I think he said along the lines, hey, is Jess with you? Um, and he said that she wasn't home all day. Justin then went on to tell Maria that he last spoken to his wife at noon earlier that day, but he hadn't seen her since. When he got home from work, he told Maria he found Jessica's cell phone, her license, cash, and car keys, but she was nowhere to be found. You're not going to get far if you don't have your keys, your license, your phone. Like, where where did he think she was going? Maria actually ended up calling the police department in New Orleans and requested that they go to Jessica's home to do a welfare check on her. And if people, like, you know, from, like, other countries, if you don't know what a welfare check is, it's basically where you just someone calls the police and they ask to see the person to make sure like they're actually fine you know alive and you actually see them and the police come back and they can say no we checked on her or him in this case it's Jessica saying we checked on them and they're fine and They're like, okay, but Maria wanted that to happen because they knew, she knew something was wrong. When the police arrived at the During home, Justin recounted the story for them and decided to then file a a missing person report on Jessica. And I said this, I, I said, why didn't Justin just call the police himself? Why did her friend feel like she needed to call and say, hey, can you do a welfare check on her? I haven't heard from her in two days. Her husband's acting strange. Strange. He messaged me on her Facebook, and it's just very weird. And I, then I said, you guys know who else didn't call the police when their wives went missing? Scott Peterson. Because Lacey's stepdad called, saying that she was pregnant and she just vanished. And then Chris Watts, Shanann's best friend, Nicole Atkinson, called the police and said something was wrong and she was worried and she hadn't heard from her since she dropped her off. See, guys, just call the police. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
Jessica's family was also worried as well when she vanished. Her sister, um, Audrey, knew something was wrong because she couldn't get her on the phone for her birthday on August 17th. Jessica had never gone a year without speaking to her sister on her special day. Audrey and her sister Amanda, along I believe with a cousin who was a police officer, um, decided they needed to leave Mississippi and deal with the situation in person. And, you know, like I said, the cousin came. I believe he was a police officer, and he figured, you know, I might as well just tag along just to see what's going on. Maybe I can get an insight on the case. So all three of them went down there. I believe, you know, when the police talked to Justin, they just took Justin's word, and they didn't think anything of it. They're like, He's like, yep, she's not here. And they were like, oh, okay. That, I mean, that's my opinion, because this is still an active and open case. So this is just what I think, guys. I don't, I don't want to get in trouble or anything. So we're just, we're just going to say what I think. We're not accusing anybody. We're, I'm just saying. And then I said, so they really weren't doing their job because, you know, whenever a spouse goes missing... The husband always did it, or the wife did it. You know, it's classic thing. They were just like, yep, he, he, it's fine. They did intend, um, Jessica's family did intend to speak with police regarding Jessica's whereabouts. But first they actually decided to take a look around the neighborhood to see what they could find two blocks away from Jessica's home the family encountered a foul odor that prompted them to get out of the vehicle and take a closer look Audrey walked towards the towards the tree line of a wooded area that made a horrifying and she made a horrifying discovery the body of her sister was lying on the ground in front of her then now we're going to talk about the investigation real quick and then we're going to circle back to some things that I forgot to put Jessica's body was badly decomposed due to the con the weather conditions and the hot weather in Louisiana in the hot Louisiana sun I'm sorry it took authorities three months to identify her body while Jessica's family was confident it was her they didn't get a confirmation until November 8, 2019, that it was her. The autopsy report released on January 15th in 2020. So Jessica had sustained a nose injury. I don't think it should say modest, but a modest fracture in her jaw a broken rib, and a broken vertebrae close to her death. However, the medical examiner wasn't sure if the injuries were related to her death. Um, a toxicology test was also done um, directly from the liver due to um, decomposition. 
The report came back positive for methamphetamine and by probin. I think that's how you pronounce that. Although once again, the metal, the medical examiner was not sure if it was um, related to Jessica's death. Ultimately, the medical examiner listed listed Jessica's death as undeter- undetermined. This decision led the police to file her, de- her death as unclassified instead of homicide, as there was little evidence to determine what killed her. However, Jessica's family was very positive that she had met with foul play. Jessica's body remained at Orleans Parish Coroner's Morgue for more than 500 days. While the investigation continued, her remains were actually released to her next of kin, which would be her husband, Justin. But he never went to go pick up her remains. Never came by, never called. So her family actually fought to get her remain her remains released to them so they could give her a proper burial in Mississippi. While Jessica's case, like I said, is open and active, her family didn't feel the police did enough to solve her case, which, I mean, they weren't wrong. They didn't do a lot. The family appealed the district attorney jason williams to look at jessica's death and look for new evidence the district attorney agreed the investigation needed a second look jessica's family believed that she was actually murdered the day she went missing and that her body was dumped near the woods um by her killer so real quick because i looked at some updates to see if I could find anything and I actually have a couple so going back a little bit um hold on oh okay so I guess um Justin and Jessica, like, had, like, led double lives. And this was, like, I guess a way, like, to pay their bills, but I'm not sure. And they lived as um, internet pornography stars. Um, Jessica's name was Viv, and Justin was Lance Anderson. And I'm looking at Justin, and uh, he's just ugly, and... Jessica is just beautiful. But they did that. So, like, they would make videos. And I guess they would upload them online. Just before Christmas that year, um, Justin actually ended up creating a fundraising social media account requesting help funding Jessica's funeral. But he created it as land. Oh. Okay, so Justin created one. And then his, like, double life. Who he was, like, Lance. 
um, he created a second fundraising account requesting help funding Viv's funeral writing. If you donate, you will receive exclusive pics, videos, lingerie, and even shoes. On January to on January twenty fourth, two thousand, Jessica's mm-hmm. stepfather Rick and her sister Audra returned to New Orleans for an update from the police department. And detectives told them the cold case was active, but the coroner's report one week later they found out she had all of them. Um, the broken jaw, the broken rib, and I'm sorry, it's the broken C4 vertebra, commonly referred to as a broken neck. All right. Let me see what else I can find. Oh, on March 15th, so this is before, a couple in Jessica's Lakeview neighborhood actually found her her identifi- her license and a blanket 15 yards from the location where Jessica's body was actually discovered um, seven months earlier. Six months later, a New Orleans police, New Orleans Police Department detective followed up with a blanket with the couple who retrieved the blanket and ID, so they didn't do it sooner. Like, why? On April 14th, her sister filed a formal complaint with the Public Integrity Bureau against the police department for failing to properly investigate the death of Jessica Easterly Durning. Four months later, on August 6, 2020, the Public um, Bureau notified Andra that an audit of the police investigation was underway. On October 20th, crime scene investigators collected samples from a futon left in front of Justin Duran's home for trash pickup. February 21st, I'm sorry, February 2nd, 2021, after so so many days left in the morgue, they, the coroner did, like I said, released her body to her family and they held a celebration of life gathering the following week in may of this year new orleans district attorney jason williams responding to a twenty-seven thousand signature petition he did agree to re-examine the case of jessica and that is all Um, that I found right now so far. So I'm going to keep an eye on the case because I think I know who did it, but I'm not sure. Um, and everything. But they have vowed to keep fighting for Jessica until her case was solved and her killers behind bars. If you have any information regarding Jessica Easterly Durings case, please contact the New Orleans the New or- New Orleans Police Department, Third District at 504-658-6030. Once again, that number is 504-658-6030.
And you may also leave an anonymous tip with Crime Stoppers at 504-822-1111. That number, once again, is 504-822-1111. And guys, that's, like I said, it's going to be a short case. Um, that's the Jessica Easterly case. Um, so far, they don't have any suspects. As far as we know, um, I'm going to upload tomorrow. Tomorrow's not going to be a murder case. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, people, like, in the United States know about this. Um, but I kind of think I want to do a case on the Seven Gates of Hell. Which I think is... It's terrifying, but it's interesting. Um, and everything. I remember, like, being little, and I was like, oh, I want to go there, you know, until I started going to church. And I'm like, no, because I've heard stories. So I think that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Saturday won't be uploading. But I think I'm, I might upload that night or Sunday morning because I'll be off Monday. And, guys, that is the case. I hope you enjoyed this short little mini episode for you. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at all lowercase, no space, at just a girl in true crime. You can also send me a Gmail at just a girl in true crime at gmail.com. You can find my Facebook page at just a girl in true crime. I'm going to upload a YouTube video, um, tomorrow while making my cupcakes for my son's birthday. You also can become a supporter for this podcast so we can help get equipment um, and everything. I'm looking into a mic of what kind of mic I should get so I don't have to record it on my phone. Because that's how I record with my Anchor app. It's on my phone. Um, So we can get some equipment and maybe you can hear me better or, you know, you just want to contribute. I think it's like 99 cents. Then there's one for $4.99, and then I think there's one for $9.99. But you can be a supporter of our podcast, Just a Girl in True Crime. Um, I think you can go on to, like, anchor.fm and then type it in, and it says, like, become, like, a supporter or whatever. Leave me a review. I haven't looked at any reviews yet because I'm kind of scared. I'm afraid people are going to say I suck. I don't know. (laughs) I hope I don't. But we shall see. Anyway, guys, that's it. I'm actually about to go to bed so I can go to to get up and go to work tomorrow. (laughs) And then I can enjoy my three-day weekend. So that's it, guys. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Bye.